folks. The Field and Garden Podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the Flower Farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Aaron Benzenkang, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lease, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine-tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty-gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Field and Garden Podcast. I'm Jessie Graven from the Gardener's Workshop. I'm here today to continue what we started last week, the recap of the panel discussion and review of the no-till micro-scale flower farm online workshop. If you missed last week's podcast that featured Jenny Love's review of the workshop, you can find that on our website or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's episode number 100. So as you may know, we offer an online workshop called the No-Till Microscale Flower Farm with Jonathan and Megan Lease of Springforth Farm. Jonathan and Megan's workshop offers over four and a half hours of instruction on their no-till practices and micro-scale farming techniques. When the course first launched, Lisa Ziegler invited industry professionals to review the course and attend an online panel discussion. Today, I have for you an excerpt from that discussion featuring Andrew Mefford. Andrew is the editor and publisher of Growing for Market magazine, as well as the author of the book, The Organic No-Till Farming Revolution. Andrew has spent over 15 years working on farms, including a year working on a no-till research farm and seven years in the research department at Johnny's Selected Seeds. We loved hearing his insights about this workshop, and I hope you will too. Now, I do have a special announcement to make at the end of this episode, so I hope you'll join me for that. But now, please enjoy Andrew Mefford's review of the No-Till Microscale Flower Farm with Jonathan and Megan Lease. This is a, a panel discussion about the online course 
um, the No-Till Microscale Flower Farm by Jonathan and Megan Lease. Um, my business, The Gardener's Workshop, has produced it, and you can learn more about it at The Gardener's Workshop as well as other courses. And I just wanted to throw out a couple of tidbits about the course. Um, this is what is called an on-demand course, meaning you can purchase it anytime. It's not like one of our schools that you have to wait to a certain time of year, and then it's dripped out over a six-week period. Um, so it's an on-demand course. It's about over, I believe it's four and a half hours of actual sessions. Um, the course costs $159. And for those folks that aren't familiar with online courses, it's just like buying a book. But instead of picking up the book and reading it, you pick up any device with internet and you go to your login to your online library and log in and there's all your courses. Um, there's an awesome phone app. Um, that comes with from our provider, and so you can really watch them on your phone. That's what um, I've, we've gotten some remarks this week from students saying how great the app is because they literally like folding the tarp out in the field, fire up their app, and they're standing out in the field like, how do we do that now? Um, so you can find out more about that at thegardenersworkshop.com. And Jonathan and Megan very generously um, offered to host a closed Facebook group of all the students, which normally we don't do that for on-demand courses. And they are really doing a great job. So it's like a community building where students get access to that if you're a Facebook user. And Jonathan and Megan jump in and out, um, check, checking in and trying to answer questions. And um, so it's just a great community that's starting to, to kind of um, develop. Andrew? Thanks, uh, Lisa. Um, my name is Andrew Mefford. I'm the editor of Growing for Market magazine. I've been farming off and on for the last 15 years or so, apprenticing on farms from uh, Virginia to Pennsylvania to California, Washington State, you know, all over the place. The thing that gets most of my time these days is, is editing the magazine. In fact, this is a copy of the April magazine, which I point out because Jonathan and Megan have an article in that magazine. Um, and yeah. so Growing for Market has been around for 29 years. It's really the, the source of information for local vegetable and flower um, growers. We have information about both in every single magazine. Three years ago, I uh, wrote this uh, Greenhouse and Hoop House Growers Handbook, which is um, mostly not about flowers, but a lot about uh, growing crops and greenhouses. And then two years ago, I came out uh, with this, the Organic No-Till Farming Revolution. And part of the reason that I point this out is because Jonathan and Megan, whose course we're talking about tonight, uh, they, this book was an interview book because um, many years ago I worked on an, or, uh, a research farm at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia, trying to learn how to do no-till. And it was um, really great, but I learned a method with a roller crimper method you may be familiar with that didn't really work out for our farm. We weren't quite a micro farm, but at the time we were leasing three acres from my grandma in Pennsylvania. And so what I realized is the roller crimper method doesn't really scale down. What I needed was the kind of stuff that Megan and Jonathan were doing. So the best interviews went in there. Yeah, I, I liked, I did like the setup, the, the introduction to the course, which is basically talking about how, I feel like that's how not to burn out, right? Because they're talking about how, you know, set your goals and sort of have that check-in. I forget what they called it, the, the winter retreat, retreat or something. Yeah, the retreat with your spouse. Yeah. To, sort, to sort of like check in and see like, okay, we set all these great goals. 
like, how are we doing on them? Are we making progress? Are we burning out and all those kind of things? Because I'm guessing probably a lot of people who buy this course are almost like ready to burn out. You know, they might be like, I'm there, like I'm ready to do this thing. And that may sound great when you're, when you're at the beginning, but um, there's going to come a point where, you, you know, you're tired of eating Cheerios for dinner for a month or like hey, whatever. that's my line. Yeah, I say so, that too. <laughs> sorry. My wife and I are both very passionate about farming. You know, my wife calls it doing the apprentice circuit where we, we just moved around the country working on different people's farms. And there's some point where it seems like I just want to do this all day long. But then after you do it all day long for long enough, you're going to get burned out. And so it's, I thought, I thought that was a great place to start the course with, with the, how to set your goals. Uh, because if you, if you really do do this, um, on any kind of a scale, like the micro farm, it doesn't even have to big, be a big, uh, plot to, to take up all your time. Right. You, you, you're very, you're very in danger of getting burned out. So, so I, I like the fact that they turn, they started out with sort of like setting your goals and expectations and those kind of things, because there will be probably be some time when what you're loving on right now, you're going to be sick of it. And so you have to sort of like be able to check back in with yourself from two years earlier and be like, do I still like what I'm doing or, or not? So, so I thought that that was a great way to, to start it. I also should probably say I'm, I'm definitely not an unbiased, um, unbiased um, opinion in this, in this case, because of course, you know, I, I have been to Jonathan and Megan's farm. Uh, you know, they were, they were in my no-till book. And so um, I, I'm, I'm big fans of theirs, but you know, for a reason, they, they, they do have a lot of really good practical advice. Um, I, I love the way that they do stuff. So, so I, I, I'm definitely not unbiased, but, but, but not for uh, good reason. So Andrew, I think you're also in a position to really um, see what farmers are hungry for, you know, what they're, um, what they're looking for. And I feel like that what, what, what Jonathan and Megan have really highlighted in this course is really honing in on, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like there are so many farmers that don't want to do this both partners full time. They're looking for this add on, do something they love, maybe an add on income for their family and to be able to do it in a way that they feel good about what they're, they're not causing harm by what they're doing. Um, and that it's just really a great, um, an inspiration for people that are feeling like that. Um, what do you feel like, don't you feel like farmers are just kind of hungry to find better ways to do things, to not be harmful to the environment and to feel good about what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that is one of the things that I, that always drew me to no-till was just being as ecologically, um, being as ecological as possible. But, um, you know, another thing for me is uh, that that Megan said during the course that resonated with me was just that I think she said, you know, she's not into equipment and it's the same thing. You know, basically I, I'm a plant nerd, right? You know, I'm in this because I, I like plants and understanding what makes them happy and how it's my job to keep them happy, right? You know, I, I, I hate the smell of gasoline in the morning is, you know, <laughs> one, one way to put that is that um, if I can... Uh, you know, I don't want to spend time my day figuring out why my rototiller or my tractor is not going to start. I want to spend my day messing around with my plants, 
you know, figuring out maybe why they're not happy, keeping them happy and, and what, what can solve it. And so um, that is definitely one of the things that resonates for me with the, the whole, uh, the, you know, micro, micro scale, scale farming, just that um, it, you know, one of the exciting things for me about no-till is that it breaks down the biggest barriers that I see for, for beginning farmers. And th those barriers are access to land and access to equipment. Right. Because granted, in, in most cases, equipment isn't as expensive as land. But if you feel like you need a tractor, um, that it, it, that is a big barrier. And so mm -hmm. I just love the fact that they talk about how if it doesn't matter if you don't have a whole lot of land. It doesn't matter if you don't have any equipment. You can you can do this on, on, a, on a very small scale and um, and it, it either make you know make make a very serious hobby out of it or make a living on it you know you, it's you don't need acres to make a living any anybody who's gardened can tell you you know a, a half acre a half acre will keep you more than busy you know you, <laughs> you don't need a lot of space to, to, to produce a lot of food or flowers and keep yourself busy right and even even make a living at it so yeah I think that's a good message uh, whether or not you have a partner who's interested in it you don't need a partner necessarily. You don't need a lot of land. You can just go out there and do it on, on a small scale. And that's where I think their emphasis on specialization, right? You know, in the book, they're talking about they're really not, they're not, they don't need a huge piece of land to be productive. And their other thing about how, how they, um, so this is maybe one thing I know a little bit more from their background, but they, they talk about this in the video, how they started out, they had, all these different marketing channels, you know, they basically tried everything under the sun to, to, to sell their flowers. And then at the end, they honed in on wholesaling with cool flowers, right? They, they just, they're not even a, a full season. I mean, I think they, they grow things year round, but they, they really grow for the wholesale market really just during that cool, that cool season, sort of like, I get the feeling they're, they're planning stuff the previous fall and winter to overwinter. And then they're doing stuff in the springtime. And because the reason I think it's so important that they emphasize specialization is because the, the biggest mistake that I see starting farmers making, and I know we, we made it ourselves, was, tr was under specialization, was trying to do everything. You know, we're like, well, we'll grow vegetables, we'll also grow some flowers, and we'll have a couple cows, a herd of sheep, and let's also have a goat, you know, what the heck, come on. And so, and chickens. I, yeah, I mean, goats are fun and everything, but the, you know, the thing that we certainly experienced when we were trying to do 10 different things, we didn't do any one of them really well. So that, that's what I, I think just, just that attitude, right? We don't need a huge, a lot of land. Uh, you know, we don't need a whole bunch of enterprises. In fact, we'll probably be more effective if we just concentrate on one, just that right there. Like, like, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people get into it and try to like, throw the kitchen sink at it, do a little bit of everything. And they end up just being spread too thin and not, not, not getting enough done on any one thing. So I think that, you know, that, that approach, just the approach to be small, be specialized uh, is, is just, just that, that mindset is that you don't have to do everything under the sun. You know, you don't have to do flowers, vegetables, animals, everything. Pick, pick the one thing, you know, it can, it can be hard. It, it, you know, in a way agriculture, it's, it's engaging. You know, that, that's why we're all here. On the other hand, if you're trying to do 10 different things, you're, you're probably going to do 10 different things not well, right? You know, pick that one thing. F flowers at all. Maybe even specialize even more. You know, the cool flowers. Specialize in summer flowers. You know, 
I think the best advice there is simply to pick something or two things and specialize in them instead of spreading yourself thin. Um, and, and just that, just that attitude is really valuable, particularly for, for someone who's beginning, which is who I imagine, um, taking this course, right? Because there's a lot of great information. I think that it would be valuable to a lot of different levels, but you know, I imagine the people taking this course are, are maybe beginning and that would be a useful exercise right now. Think about the one or maybe two things that you're most passionate about and then and, and really, you know, laser in on those things instead of trying to do a ton of things. And you're going to be more successful if you if you can focus on a couple of things than if you're focusing on 10 things. So that that that, that to me, that's that's gold right there. I do have a couple of questions here. One question that I have um, is from someone asking, this is not on Facebook, um, is that to really make a living and grow in flowers, can no-till really work at a small, at that small scale? No-till has been an interest of mine for a long time, just... um, let's see, 2005, I, uh, you know, I, I, I worked on a, our no-till research farm back in 2005, give you any, any indication. And so, um, you know, the, the funny things about no-till is I feel like it's, it's a polarizing topic, right? I feel like mm-hmm. half the people who ask me about no-till, they're like, all right, I'm there. I already wanted to do this. How do I do it? And the other half of the people are like, how could that possibly work? You know, they're just, <laughs> they're just total skeptics. And so, uh, but one of the other questions that I get asked the most about no-till is how to scale it up. And so, you know, for somebody asking, can no-till really work at that scale? I feel like no-till is is already perfect for small scale um, just because um, you can you can do a lot with a small acreage w- without a tractor. Also, it makes the most if you don't have a lot of land. Because if you think about it, any even the most compact tractor, you have to have space. You have to have essentially what we call headlands, right? You know, places where you can, places that are there basically just to turn the tractor around. And so, uh, you know, I'm thinking my, my mindset is that if you only have a small space, the way to make the most of it is through no-till. Just because you can, you can plant, you know, almost right up to the fences. You can have, you know, your paths can be as small as you're comfortable walking in, right? It doesn't matter how wide your tractor tires or even your walking tractor tires are or how big that needs to turn around. You know, you can really just make things as tight as you're comfortable working in. I feel like no-till is the way um, to make um, make the most out of a small space. And so, so um, I think that's why no-till and small acreages really just go hand in hand uh, because you're going to be wasting more of your space if you need any kind of equipment to be wa- operating in there. And so, you know, the whole profitability aspect, I feel like, um, you, you know, it, it, obviously if, if you're, if you're farming on, let's say half an acre, uh, obviously you're not going to be supporting 10 people. You're not going to be employing 10 people on that kind of an acreage, but you can, as anybody knows who's gardened on a half an acre, I mean, a half an acre could keep you busy all day long. It's and a also, lot of stuff. It can be really productive. In fact, I mean, especially for flowers, you know, my, um, in fact, you know, I, I wrote a book about greenhouse growing, which really focuses on tomatoes and cucumbers and stuff like that. But my understanding is that the, the, the thing that makes even more money per square foot than, um, 
than, than tomatoes and cucumbers is flowers, you know? So, so I, I'd say if you're trying to either make, you know, make a living or part of your living on a very small scale, flowers is, is a really, is a really good option just because they, they can be very high, you know, dollar value yielding even on a very small footprint. So, so yeah, I'd say, you know, if, if somebody, let's say somebody is doing this on their own, um, they may well be able to support themselves on, uh, you know, make it, make an entire person's income on uh, a half acre and an acre or something like that. So, so yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that, that people can make a real living uh, on, on these, these very small areas. In fact, you know, some of the other people that I, that I interviewed for the book, they were actually scaling their farms down because they, they realized they wanted to, you know, I think I think another sort of beginning farmer mindset is to make more money. I need to just I need just need to farm bigger, right? Not necessarily the case. You know, if you if you have stuff, uh, if you have plantings that are getting weedy because you don't have time to take care of them, in um, in in you know stuff that you don't even have time to get around to harvesting, it's probably not time to get bigger. It's probably time to get smaller and get better. So exactly. so you know, I, I love that question because I think. I think that that it's kind of a misconception that to be commercially viable, you need a lot of space. No, to be commercially viable, you just need to take really good care of the space that you have. And so that that's you know that's where I think no-till, the no-till and the flowers play play right into that. You can do a, you can do a lot with no-till and flowers on a very small footprint. Okay, welcome back. I have that special event info for you now. If you haven't already heard. The instructors of this workshop, Jonathan and Megan Lease, have offered to host a live Q&A session on Earth Day, Friday, April 22nd, 2022. All students of their workshop are invited to attend, and we hope to see you there. Details will be emailed beforehand to everyone who has purchased the workshop. So now is a great time to purchase the workshop if you haven't already. Dive into the material and get your questions ready for the live Q&A. We have more details available on our website, so you can go to thegardenersworkshop.com and click on online courses, then on-demand courses, and you'll find it in there. Thank you for joining me for a very special episode of the Field and Garden podcast. I'm Jesse Graven with The Gardener's Workshop, and I hope you have a great day. Mm -hmm.